0: and the brave new world World begins, begins, begins. When all men are paid for existing, and no man must pay for his sins, as surely as water will wet us, as surely as fire will burn, the gods of the copybook headings with terror and slaughter return.
1: Hi, everybody, and thanks again for joining us for another episode of the Copybook Headings podcast. If you're a new listener just joining us for the first time, this podcast is inspired by the poem by Rudyard Kipling called The Gods of the Copybook Headings, where every week we take an old saying or proverb and break it down to see what we can learn from it. Uh, I'm your host, Patrick Payne, and with me, as always, is my co host, Andrew Stevens. Andrew, how are you, sir?
0: I'm doing great today. How are you?
1: Doing great, man. Excited to get back at it. We had a little little hiatus there on recording and uh, some crazy things last week. So back to glad to get back at the grind.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's been too long. Fortunately, we are we're very thoughtful people and we planned ahead for such such occasions. (laughs) Yes, so should not be any interruptions for anyone. But yes, no interruptions.
1: (laughs) We are we are nothing if not consistent over here at the Copybook Headings Podcast. We can have a couple episodes in pocket, so if, if crazy things come up, we're good. So we'll have your episodes every every Friday at 10 p.m. or 10 a.m. Mountain Time. You'll have your <laughs> you'll have your copybook fix. So uh, yeah, we got a we got an interesting one this week. Um, this is one this is one that I chose, and uh, we kind of alternate back and forth. And I picked this one. Um, okay, yeah. So the one that we're going to be doing is. The hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Um, yeah. Uh, what did you yeah, think well, about that when, when you first heard about it, Andrew?
0: Um, I don't know. Isn't there, isn't there like a movie? Like a, like a thriller or something like that? <laughs> Is there? I don't so know. I think, I think so from like the 80s maybe. I don't know. So I'm gonna i will look it up now. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Look it, look it up. Look it up. Yeah. Movie um, night
1: tomorrow night. I was from the wife and I are watching, I guess. I don't know <laughs> if it's a horror. Um, she's not, that's definitely not happening, but yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I can't, it's, I think I just remember it being something that was probably too old for me at the time it came out. Like uh, I was too young to watch it. But uh, anyway, uh, apart from that, um, you know, it definitely uh, comes to mind, you know, the, the education of children, the, the raising of them and, and, and the influence that, that people have over them from a young age, right. From, from when they're mm-hmm. in the cradle. And so that, you know, turns my mind to mothers a lot, um, yep. being, being close to the infants. So that, that's what came to mind for me. What, what yes. caught your eyes since you picked it?
1: Yeah. Kind of the same. Uh, we, you know, we, this isn't explicitly a parenting or fatherhood podcast, but we do, since we're both parents, we'd end up uh, bringing that up a lot. And so yeah. this is one that, uh, uh, when you're raising kids, that's a big part of your life. So this is something that, that, that resonated with me and how important it is to raise it, raise up the next generation. Um, I was recently on uh, a guest on, on a podcast, from some friends of ours, uh, they have a, um, uh, podcast called the history, history and music. And I was a guest on the podcast over there. And they joked that, uh, once you become a dad, you have to get a podcast. Like that's the new, <laughs> that's the new thing. Like it was like when we yeah. were kids, everyone started a band and now it's like you're a dad, you start a podcast. So yeah, <laughs> this is, we're dads and we have a podcast and and this, this proverb specifically relates a lot to parenting. But um, as you mentioned, uh, parenting generally, but I think motherhood specifically, mm-hmm. which is not something that we normally talk about here, you know, two men and most of our listeners are men some women um, in the the, uh, analytics, but um, yeah, this is, uh, I think talking about the importance of motherhood more, more than anything else. What do you think? Yeah, I I definitely agree. Yeah. So obviously nowadays we see, you know, people raising kids and families in a bunch of different ways, but, but traditionally it's been the, it's been the mother who would stay home and raise kids and, and the, the, the father would go off to, to you know, bring home the bring home the money. So the influence of the parent that was home, typically the mother, was much more pronounced than the father. So she had a much yeah. bigger role in the way that the kids were were brought up.
0: Um, I would think. Yeah, I, I, I think that's I think that's fair. Um, it was that was that was kind of my my case growing up. Mm -hmm. My mom was a stay at home mom. Uh, so I was very fortunate in that regard. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I just, uh, but did the normal, you know, public school thing and everything, but, but she was there when I got home and, and when I was, when I was small, she was, she was there to teach me how to read and all that kind of stuff before I went off to school. So yeah. What about, what about you?
1: Yeah, same. Uh, I think that's, uh, you know, Uh, the term kind of the term privilege is bandied about a lot nowadays, but I I really do feel like I was privileged in that way to have a, have a mom at home that, I mean, same, we sat down on the, we sat down on the stairs every day when I got home from school and she'd ask me how my day was. Uh, I knew how to read when I went into kindergarten because she'd sit down Mm -hmm. and read out books with me. So, I mean, that's a huge advantage going into school, knowing how to read, having, having prepared where, you know, someone that maybe didn't have that luxury is going to have a harder time. Yeah. So, this one, um, doing a little research on the on the phrase, I was curious about where it came from, and it seems seemed to me like it had been around forever, but actually doing some research, this is one of the younger ones that I've found. Um Yeah. The year I found was you're 1865. Is that what you came across?
0: Yeah, I think the the one I, I came across an article um in worldhistories.net about this mm. one. And I think the, the earliest attested uh, thing that they found was 1836 uh, in Philadelphia in, as part of a sermon. So, oh, okay. um, so I'm guessing that probably influenced your source and kind of that's where it became popularized. I imagine.
1: Interesting. Well, let me let me uh, go in through my source and then we can we can talk a little bit more about it. But what I had found was this poem by a poet named William Ross Wallace, mm-hmm. and the poem was written in 1865. So that's interesting. You found one from a sermon from before that. So maybe this was a kind of a uh, colloquially thrown around and and used before it had been written, written down. Yeah.
0: Yeah, For, for a couple decades. And then, Uh and then it made it into, you know, art in the form of poetry and that's kind of where it exploded. I imagine that's, that's what happened.
1: Yeah. And do you have,
0: do you have any lines from that, that poem?
1: Yep. I can read the whole thing. It's, uh, it's the, the line itself is directly taken from the poem word for word. So the poem goes blessings on the hand of women angels guard its strength and grace in the palace, college, cottage hovel. Oh, no matter where the place would that never storms assailed it rainbows ever gently curled for the hand that rocks. The cradle is the hand that rules the world. Hmm. So uh, obviously very much about an ode to motherhood here uh, yeah. uh, and singing the praises of, of the person who stays home and, and brings up the, the little ones. Uh, you said you found your sur- source was wh- what year? A Couple couple decades before.
0: Yeah, th- this was um, a speech delivered by the Reverend George W. Bethune of Philadelphia, hmm. um, and and here's the the full uh, you know the couple sentences where that's from, and it's a very similar vein to your to your poem. So it, that's interesting. It has. It has long been acknowledged that female influence has controlled the world, whether for good or evil. It may be said with great truth and certainty that the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. And who would wish the scepter taken from that hand? Loud applause. That's, I that was in mm. there too. So. <laughs>
1: yeah. How, what was that last line in? Who would wish the scepter take be taken?
0: Yeah. Who would wish the scepter taken from that hand?
1: Yeah. Interesting.
0: So that's it. I think it goes to an interesting understanding of of the importance and the and the difference of of men and women, of mothers and fathers, not only in in their own children but in society more broadly, um, and that there's there's different kinds of power, but there's power for both.
1: Yeah, and um, normally we kind of th- talk about the um, society's pushback on some of these old proverbs, the truths in these old proverbs. Usually we mm-hmm. talk about that kind of towards the end, but this immediately thinks, you know, who would want to take this, the scepter from that hand? I mean, a lot of people nowadays, it seems like, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, quite, quite often to, to, you know, have motherhood denigrated or, or not, not given the respect it deserves. Uh, I know my wife, uh, works a little bit, uh, cause she wants to, um, but she's primarily a stay at home, stay at home mom. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she's been, Mostly a stay at home mom, her whole, our whole married life. And we feel like that's the most important thing she could be doing with her time, even though she's very bright. I mean, she was a straight A student and got a scholarship and, and, yeah, has a, could, could have a, 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 has a good career when she's working part time if she wants to, but she could have a great career if she really wanted to, to pursue it. But yeah. that's not what she chooses to do and not what she thinks is the, the most important thing she can do.
0: Yeah. That's, um, you know, my, my wife works, she, she does work full time and it's, and it's, uh, you know, I've got mixed feelings on, on this one in particular.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, uh, and I think it's, it's good to pursue your talents, your gifts. Um, but then there's lots of ways to do it. So, uh, I I do think it's very important though, to, to, to be, involved in how your children are, are raised and educated. And, um, you know, I very much benefited from having my mom at home. Um, I also, um, understand like the importance of, so like, you know, I still went to school, right. And so being involved in, in how your children are educated and, and kind of the oversight of that is, is very important. That's something that, that's been pretty controversial lately around the country just um the level of of parental involvement over curriculum and and i think mothers in particular leading a lot of the uh the charge in 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 over overseeing the curriculum and and making sure they approve of it
1: kind of wild that that's controversial that parents be involved in the education of their children um, yeah because it used
0: to be used to beg parents to be involved in in pta and
1: oh yeah i remember in
0: school boards and stuff like that, so it's funny now that now that they are people don't want it, I don't know,
1: and even before <laughs> that, I mean back before the public school system existed that was it was just widely understood that you're educating your children was was your job, and that's yeah, that's kind of how it was done for a long long time so yeah, it's kind of strange uh but uh so. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's, it's, it's pretty crucial to, to have uh, parents involved in, in raising children. And, and um, I, I'm, we uh, do a lot of, I mean, there are our whole podcast here kind of centers around a lot of traditionalism, you know, where we, we talk about these old Proverbs and mm-hmm. I, I kind of differ a little bit with some of the, some of the, you know, online, online trads, they call them tra- traditionalists, the trads. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's the word they use uh i kind of differ some some in some ways because a lot of a lot of them kind of can be very strict about you know they feel like one parent should be in the home all the time um, yeah. um i kind of vary a little bit with that like i think there are exceptions and uh there can be some exceptions like i'm glad that there are exceptionally talented women that have pursued various things and given their talents to the world um you know yeah. it's, if you're if you're celine dion you know i'm I'm glad that she decided to pursue that and give, give her talents to the world. And even if it meant, you know, maybe delaying her family a little bit, maybe having to go take a, to take an alternate route. Right. Right. Where, where I find kind of some of the issues is um, oftentimes uh, motherhood is denigrated to the point where a lot of young women feel like uh, the, the career is the exciting path. You know, yeah. And most careers are not exciting. <laughs> <laughs> <Damn> <laughs> most careers are just like you're taking out the trash. Like it's just drudgery, and it's just like they're yeah. paying you to do something because they don't want to do it. You know, it's like oh, you're yeah. going in, and that's what most jobs are. So I think it's important for people to realize, especially, especially I think in in many cases, young women, that um, if you pursue your career and you, um, you know, think long and hard if it's your passion or if it's your something you you need to do or want to do and and, uh, and, uh, versus I just want to have a job because I think that's what I should do, or I, I just want to make money. Does that make sense?
0: No, it it totally does. That's kind of, kind of the dynamic that we have here. (laughs) And, and, uh, and and I, I tell my wife, like, you know, I don't, I don't understand why you want to work because I don't want to work. I don't, I don't, I don't have a, I'm not passionate about my job. Like it's, It's fine. It's a good job, Um, good people, and good pay. It's comfortable, flexible. So that's all great, but I'm not passionate about it. You know, it's not. And so that she is passionate about her job just doesn't make sense to me. So so that's kind of where we have a little bit of a disconnect. Like, I just have trouble understanding that framework
1: yeah and some people are like that it blows me away because i'm the same way i've i've never had a job that i've especially you know been so fired up to get up and go to work uh it's mostly just been this is what i do you know yeah this is what i'm required to do to support my family and the idea that people would be like hey i'm so jealous of you know <laughs> <laughs> jealous of what else is sitting in my cubicle or whatever i'm doing you know so yeah.
0: so yeah um but uh, uh but but to go ahead sorry i was going to say to speak to like to the traditionalist aspect i think what all is right. traditional isn't necessarily mom at home teaching the kids all day which has been traditional you know to some degree which is great but i think what is tra- universally traditional is parents uh, overseeing and being involved in the education of their children whether that's selecting their schools or being involved in the schools or hiring tutors, you know, that's in the ancient world like that. If you could afford to, you you hired tutors for your kids. Um, you didn't do it yourself. So there there's more to it than just you're failing. If you're not just at home with your kids, you know, teaching them there's, there's other avenues.
1: Yeah. hundred percent because um, we, they talk about like working moms Throughout history, moms mm-hmm. have always been working, and yeah. they they would work in the home doing everything before the machines made their job so much easier. They were scrubbing clothes by hand in a wash bucket, right? Yeah, and they, they were they were cooking elaborate meals from scratch because they didn't have a choice. They, there was no DoorDash, you know, there was no other way to do it, and so yeah. they had to do. They, there was a massive amount of work for for a for a mother in in the you know seventeen hundreds, eighteen hundreds, for example, and so our society is a little bit different now. We see a lot of more, more women working either a business in the home or even a business outside the home, part-time, sometimes full-time. But uh, the importance of this saying, I think, is just a reminder that the, the most important work we can be doing, and this is, this is probably true as fathers as well. And it's Mm -hmm. easy for us to forget that because we traditionally are not, haven't been the ones that do it. Um, or at least lead the, lead the way is the most important thing we could be doing is raising our, our children. Yeah. The most important job that I have is that of a, you know, husband and father, not the work that I have, which could change year to year. I could get a, I could get a new job tomorrow. I could get yeah. laid off. I could switch careers or whatever. But one thing that's going to stay constant is this family that I have and that I have, you know, responsibility for. And these these children are are going to be influenced tremendously by the way that I choose to do that job. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And, and also I'm thinking about, I mean, it's, you know, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. I mean, that's, um, I think it's an interesting implication with, you know, the next generation, it's, it's complete influence over the next generations, complete influence over the future of humanity. Um, you know, the current, the current leaders are the result of the previous generation's control and, and, and guidance. Um, that's a, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, It's just, um, it's not simply, um, you know, the hand that rocks the cradle, guides things along right it's just, yeah it's, like, it's strong yeah. language yeah and and i think it's true and that's also to, to come back to it you know that's a big reason why that it's such a controversy right now about about schools and homeschooling funding and curriculums and all this all this stuff in in public education
1: yeah well kids are 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 very susceptible you can you can teach kids and they will believe what you tell them for the most part yeah And so what you tell them makes a huge difference and having kids learn good values as opposed to not so good values will can create an entire generation of productive, happy, contributing members of society or, you know, uh, other, right.
0: Or other. Yeah. Yeah. And it it shows kind of why, you know, big, big companies want to get their, their hooks into kids too, right? Like,
1: uh-huh.
0: um, so that's, that's something that I definitely struggle with is like you know, screen time, right? Stuff mm-hmm. like that with, with kids and, um, because there's, they're soaking it up. Um, and, and someone else there in that case is, is the one, the one rocking the cradle. And it's, it's some, some company on the other side of the country, some, <laughs> some programming executive, um, deciding what they're watching. So that's kind of, it's kind of daunting to, to think about that's kind of what you're up against.
1: Yeah. It's kind of troubling when you think about it because I can limit screen time in my home and we, we do very little screens here. Um, but you know, we have a whole generation of people and ha- what percentage of those are doing that yeah. and what percentage of them are being, having the cradle rocked by some multinational corporation that maybe doesn't have the best interest of that child at heart. Yeah. Maybe there's just some other motivation, whether it be money or, or something more sinister, who knows, but certainly the, you know, uh, the, the, the producers of Disney junior or whatever cable channel they're watching Mm -hmm. doesn't know that kid and love that kid and care about the kid like a parent does.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've got, yeah, like you said, whether or not there's anything more nefarious, at the very least there's a bottom line to, to sell advertising space, right? <laughs> so.
1: Well, yeah, for sure that. Yeah, at least that. And so, uh, 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 but yeah, I want to kind of jump back to what you said. It's uh, just the the power of the language is 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 striking. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, not influence the world, not gently guide the world; it, it rules the world. This is um, man. It's 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 crazy to to think about the differences in in various generations, and you can mm-hmm. see. You know, as one generation comes, another generation comes, certain things will just completely fall out of, fall out of fashion, certain yeah. behavior, certain, um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, trends or, or whatever. And so how those, those, gener- those that new generation is influenced is going to guide the world. That's going to dictate the direction that the, the society goes. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> Yeah, this um, this this author of the poem, William Ross Wallace. I looked him up a little bit. He was a he was a poet, obviously, but he was also a lawyer and a politician. Um, born in Kentucky, grew up in Indiana, and he was. Maybe he was kind of like us, Andrew. Maybe he was like not thrilled with his career <laughs> or like, not, not like, not that I have a good career. I'm thankful for it. I'm not like, but like not so passionate about what he did that that was what he, what was driving him. So he took on a second, you know, endeavor to become a mm-hmm. poet, like much like we have done with our podcast. So uh, kind may of may have some kinship with this gentleman, but yeah, he, he was involved in politics. He was, he had run for office, he was an attorney, and uh, but he seemed like what he liked to do most of all was was write poetry. And this one, it was his his most famous his most famous poem, "The Hand That Rocks the Cradle."
0: Hmm. So now, you know, after after we've been talking about this a little while, I'm trying to think of you know our our God. You know, we've got our gods of the copybook headings, and we we like to talk about the gods of the marketplace, kind of the the prevailing. Um, trend the prevailing wisdom, you know, is does it counter our the proverb we're discussing? And I don't know that it does. I, I don't know that there's anyone out. I mean, there are some voices maybe saying that that the person raising the children, you know, there there might people who say, "Oh well, the education doesn't matter," you know, like what well, mm-hmm. uh, the upbringing is not that important. But I don't know that. Anyone really would dispute this. I think they might just try and downplay it, but I think everyone is trying to trying to influence the next generation one way or another. What do you think?
1: I that's a really good point. Um I do kind of see motherhood denigrated sometimes. So For sure. Yeah. There's there's that and uh trying to convince anybody that if you don't have a a high-paying career you're somehow less than, which is not true in my opinion. Um But uh, yeah, that's an interesting point because people may kind of downplay it a little bit, but at the same time, everyone's trying to get control over what the kids can see and what the kids cannot see. And because anyone with any kind of ideological bent is keenly aware of what kids are being taught because they don't want, they want their ideology (laughs) being taught to the kids and they don't want the opposite ideology being taught to the kids. So I think everyone, everyone understands just how powerful this is.
0: Yeah, definitely, and and you're right on. Like, it's it doesn't, you know, the extent to which this proverb is specifically about mothers, for sure. That that is, there, there's a counter message there that that it doesn't matter. Like that, the education from mothers isn't as important, or things like that. But but yeah, I think um, everyone knows that that this is true. That whoever is is guiding the youth, educating the youth is kind of controlling the the future of society.
1: Yeah. And with uh, the way that kids are raised nowadays with so much technology around, we mentioned the screens, it can be, I think hard because, especially for a parent, you take your kids somewhere. And let's say your kid starts throwing a fit as mm-hmm. kids are wont to do, like <laughs> they throw fits <laughs> right. and they don't do it in good places where you want them to throw fits. They throw f- fits in places where there's a bunch of people that are going to judge you and look at you weird. Um, well, nowadays I think it's pretty common for parents to just hand the kid a phone or hand the kid an iPad and be like, shush, mm-hmm. stop. Oh yeah. But it, you know, that may, may not be the best way to handle the the meltdown. That might yeah. just be reinforcing the behavior. They get what they want when they're, when they're acting at their worst. And so maybe a, a maybe a better parenting tactic would be let them melt down, calm, calmly de- try to deal with it. But man, what kind of reaction are you going to get from? from society if you do that. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you're in a Walmart and your kid's just flipping out on the floor, screaming and yelling and people are like, why don't you control your kid? And you're like, well, unless I lobotomize them with the screen, like I can't control them. I just have to like, see if I can call them, you know, let it kind of pl- let it play its course sometimes.
0: Yeah. And on top of that, like the, the camera phones come out to document and, oh. and confront on top of it. Right. So you're just extra on the spot
1: hadn't thought about that part, but you're hundred percent right. Yeah. You might end up on yeah. TikTok and have a bunch of people tell, saying what a bad parent you are.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so just yeah. don't take your kids anywhere. <laughs> don't take your kids. A anywhere. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. But you know, you got to, they need to, they yeah. need to learn how to go eat at a restaurant sometimes too. Right.
0: Yep. Absolutely.
1: So, so yeah. Uh, um, it's, it's, it's super crucial that we, we remember what's important. Um, I I do think that the, these gods of the market, which is the, um, Kipling's way of, of putting the, you know, the opposite of the, the copybook headings, the opposite of these, these truths in the Proverbs, these, uh, certainly believe that, uh, material possessions seem to be more important than, than family. Yeah. Um, it's interesting you know, I have a lot of kids. I have six kids and I'll tell people I have six kids and I get reactions as you can imagine mm-hmm. telling people I have six <laughs> kids. Right.
0: People be like, Whoa, six kids. My favorite
1: thing to tell them is, yeah, yeah, it's a good start. You know, so be like,
0: <laughs> are you guys done? Well, it's a good start. Um, yeah. Not, not quite to the baseball team yet. So you <laughs> right, right,
1: exactly. Yeah. I think I got that from my brother-in-law, he, my sister and brother-in-law have 10. So, um,
0: he <laughs> well, likes to mess. the baseball team. So. He's got and, and an, an extra. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. they,
1: they like to mess with people, but, um, but yeah, it's interesting to me because if you told people that you had three kids, you know, a few years ago when they met you and then you see them again in three years and they're like, oh, or in four years or how, how many years and you say, oh, what's been new? And I have, like, oh, I have three more kids. My my family's mm-hmm. doubled in size. Yeah, You know, what would they say? They'd freak out and be like, oh my gosh, like what's wrong with this guy? He's, you know, uh, doesn't he know how to, how to mitigate that right nowadays. <laughs> but if you were to tell them you see someone five years ago and you're running a little business and then they see you five years later and you say, Oh, my business doubled in size. Mm -hmm. Like, what would they say? Would they be like, Oh man, (laughs) they'd be congratulations. Right. That's great for you. Sure, Yeah. Would they be like, Oh my gosh, that's, you know how much more work that's going to be. And it is, it is going to be more work and more responsibility, but there's also a lot of reward that comes with it. It's just the reward of having a family isn't remunerative right? Yeah. It's not financial.
0: Yeah. And it, yeah, it's a long, it's a long-term one, right? It's a long game, both, both for the family, both for the parents and for, for everyone else. Yeah. 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 It's easy to lose track of that with, uh, kind of the, the clickbait culture we're in.
1: Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. And so, um, we're kind of, that's, that's kind of been a good, interesting discussion. We're kind of coming up on the time, but, um, Yeah, man. Uh, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. I, I believe it. I think, I think that, uh, I think that old Mr. What's his name? Mr. Wallace had a, was, was onto something here and, and the, (laughs) the preacher that he maybe stole that from too.
0: Yeah. (laughs) No, interpreted, you know, artistically. Well, there you go. It's creative license to creative.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, cool, man. Any, any last uh, parting thoughts before we, before we wrap it up, but yeah, I thought this was pretty, pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. Great conversation. Uh, you know, if you, if you go find that movie, let me know, let me know how it is. I don't know if I'm going to check it out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, any, any movie that's even remotely suspenseful or intense my wife will not watch. So if it's any kind of scary movie, it's not happening, but I will, I'm going to look it up anyway, just to see, (laughs) just see if I can find it. All right. All right, man. Hey, good chatting with you. And we will, thanks for listening. Everybody. We'll uh, see you next
0: week. We'll see you. There are only four things certain, since social progress began: that the dog returns to his vomit, and the sow returns to her mire, and the burnt fool's bandaged finger goes wobbling back to the fire. And that after this is accomplished, and the brave new world begins, when all men are paid for existing, and no man must pay for his sin, as surely as water will wet us as surely as fire will burn, the gods of the copybook hideous, with terror and slaughter